Welcome to the Private School Leader Podcast, where private school leaders learn how to thrive and not just survive as they serve and lead their schools. I'm your host, Mark Minkus. I have a confession to make to start today's episode, and it has to do with something that happened every New Year's Eve for about five years in the late 90s. And my daughters were little, and they always wanted to stay up until midnight to watch the ball drop in Times Square. And so my wife and I came up with a plan, and one year we recorded it on our VCR, the ball dropping in Times Square. I think it was New Year's Eve 1996. And so the next year, and every year after for five years, when it would be New Year's Eve, and our girls would want to stay up late, Along about 7 or 8 o'clock, we would pop in that VHS tape, and as a family, we would watch the ball drop in Times Square, and we would welcome 1997. Uh, We just did it for five years in a row. So, of course, as they got older, they figured it out, and then they were able to stay up later, and um, they enjoyed it live. But when they were little, we had the VHS tape. So that's my little confession. But... Most people only get to say Happy New Year once a year on New Year's Day, but I've often said that the best part or one of the best parts of working at a Jewish day school is that I get to say Happy New Year three times a year. And so that's New Year's Day, and then I like to say Happy New Year on the first day of school, and then also on Rosh Hashanah. And when I ran a Christian school for 21 years, I'll be honest, I had no idea what Rosh Hashanah was. But about uh, 2012 is when I started working at a Jewish day school and learned that Rosh Hashanah is the Jewish New Year. And so I get to say Happy New Year three times a year. But I want to make another confession. The real reason that I like saying Happy New Year three times a year is because I really want three opportunities to make New Year's resolutions because I'm not very good at keeping them. And today's episode of the Private School Leader Podcast is all about New Year's resolutions, why we make them, how to keep them, but most importantly, I'm going to teach you the four New Year's resolutions that every private school leader should make. Number one, I will follow the 1530 rule of self-care. Number two, I will always know what to do next at work. Number three, I will practice intentional encouragement once a day. And number four, I will have an intentional plan for my leadership growth. But before we jump into that, I've created a free resource for you called The Six Things That Every Private School Teacher Wants From Their Leader. This guide is a six-page PDF that will be a game changer for you. And I guarantee you that if you do these six things, the teachers at your school will be happy to follow you. And you can pick up your free guide by going to theprivateschoolleader.com slash guide. So let's get back to these New Year's resolutions. And I want to talk for a minute about what we see or hear on TV commercials or perhaps radio commercials during the last week of December and the first week of January. So you hear about gym memberships. You see ads for smoking cessation programs. You go into a store and you see storage bins so that we can get organized. And actually recently, um, right around uh, the, the last week of the year, I was driving around listening to the radio and heard a commercial for hypnosis. 
that you could get hypnotized and it would help you um, stop smoking. It would help you lose weight. And I was at a Christmas party recently and um, I heard some of my nieces and nephews who are in their 20s and uh, they were talking about this is the year. This is the year when we get organized and, you know, this is the year fill in the blank. And so we like to make New Year's resolutions. And I was looking at uh, a diagram, a chart that showed the top New Year's resolutions for people in the United States in 2019. Number one was to diet or eat healthier. Number two, exercise more. Number three, lose weight. You're seeing a theme there. Um, number four was save more and spend less. Number five was learn a new skill or hobby. And number six was quit smoking. Farther down the list was drink less alcohol. And number 10 was spend more time with family and friends. And so we make New Year's resolutions um, every year. Many of us do. But why do we make New Year's resolutions? Well, there's really two reasons. And one has to do with looking back and one has to do with our, the way that we view ourselves. So there's two reasons that we make New Year's resolutions. One is about reflecting on our lives, and number two is about control over our lives. So first of all, we make New Year's resolutions to reflect on our lives, and I think it's interesting to note that the month of January is actually named for the Roman god Janus. Um, the ancient Romans imagined that Janus was a two-faced god, one facing forward, one facing back. And, of course, this symbolized his ability to look forward and back at the same time. And he was the guardian of arches and gates and doors. He was the guardian of beginnings and endings in Roman god mythology. And so, on New Year's Day, we look back on the year that has just concluded and we, we look forward, usually with optimism, to the year that has just begun. And so we look back and we reflect on the year that has just ended. So that's reflection about our lives. But what about control over our lives? I want to read you a quote from Dennis Budimer, a facilitator at the Piedmont Thomas F. Chapman Family Cancer Wellness Center. And Dennis Budimer says, I think most people want a second chance to improve the quality of their lives. The new year offers a blank slate, an opportunity to get things right. And then I want you to really catch this next sentence in this quote. When we set New Year's resolutions, we are utilizing a very important concept called self-efficacy, which means that by virtue of aspiring to a goal and following through on it, I have a sense of control over what's happening in my life. So, we make New Year's resolutions. One of the reasons that we do is because of self-efficacy. And by the virtue of that goal, I aspire to it. And if I can follow through on it, on it then I have some control over my life. And we crave self-improvement, especially as leaders, especially as you lead at your independent school. We read books on leadership. We go to conferences. We watch video webinars. We watch TED Talks. We listen to podcasts. We always want to improve ourselves. And I was thinking about a quote from Tony Robbins, a pretty famous motivational speaker. And he said that setting goals is the first step in turning the invisible into the visible. He said setting goals is the first step in turning the invisible into the visible. So we come to the end of the year, we, rec we reflect on it, we look ahead, and then we want to make 
uh, we, we aspire to make ourselves better. And so then we make these resolutions to turn the invisible into the visible. And so then the last thing before we jump into the four resolutions, the New Year's resolutions that every private school leader should make, just want to take a minute and talk about why are New Year's resolutions so hard to keep and a couple of strategies to help you keep these resolutions that we're about to talk about. So about 50% of Americans make New Year's resolutions. And by February 1st, only about 9 to 12% of us are still going strong with those New Year's resolutions just a month later. Well, why does that happen? Well, self-criticism is the number one enemy of New Year's resolutions. Say that again. Self-criticism is the number one enemy of New Year's resolutions. We get off track and then we start to be really hard on ourselves. We need to be more kind to ourselves. And James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits, an amazing book, James Clear says, you do not rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. You do not rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your system. So I think that when we're just relying on willpower, then we don't last very long. And so that's why we need to build some systems so that we can be more successful at our at reaching our goals, at keeping our resolutions. And so real quick, last thing before we jump into the content of these four New Year's resolutions, how to be more likely to keep them. Okay, well, we just need a really simple system, really simple. So first of all, we need to start small. Some of us make a bunch of New Year's resolutions and then we beat ourselves up when we don't keep them. So maybe just one or two. So start small. The next thing is to write them down. Research shows that you're 42% more likely to accomplish a goal if you write it down. And then we need to track track it. We need to track them. And so when I wanted to start this podcast back in November of 2020, and it was a two-year journey from November 2020 until October of 2022 when the first episode came out. And I knew it was going to be a lot of work and I knew I needed to stay on track. And as I learned about how to start a podcast and the equipment to purchase and how to get it out to people to listen to it, I have a little black binder, a three ring binder. And I made calendars for um, a month or six weeks at a time. And then every single day I would track how many hours did I work on the podcast this week. And starting back in November 2020, all the way through the first episode, I would jot it down. It averaged out to be about eight hours a week, between eight to 11 hours a week over the course of two years to get from point A to point B. But I can tell you this, if I hadn't tracked it, I probably would have ran out of steam a couple of months into it and never would have gotten um, the podcast up and running. So we wanna track our goals, track our resolutions. And then I said this before, be kind to yourself. If you make a streak, let's say that you're good at this resolution for th four days in a row, and then you miss a day. Well, then just start a new streak. Um, don't beat yourself up over it and throw in the towel and give up and say, oh, well, I guess I can never lose weight, or I guess I can't stop smoking, or whatever it might be. Be kinder to yourself, make a streak, and then when that streak ends, just start a new streak. Nobody gets it right all the time. And then the last thing, to be more likely to keep your New Year's resolution is to reward yourself. 
you know, set that goal. And then after a week or two weeks, whatever it might be, then reward yourself with something that's meaningful to you. And um, that way you break it up. And it's not just that you wait until the end of the year. And then you see it's very binary. Did I accomplish the goal? Did I keep the resolution or did I not keep the resolution? Again, just day by day, start small, write them down, track them, be kind to yourself, and then reward yourself periodically as you're keeping those resolutions. Okay, the four New Year's resolutions that every private school leader should make. Number one, I will follow the 1530 rule of self-care. Number two, I will always know what to do next at work. Number three, I will practice intentional encouragement once a day. And number four, I will have an intentional plan for my leadership growth. So let's talk about this one. I will follow the 1530 rule of self-care. All right. The thing that is the most overused analogy in work-life balance or in self-care is about putting your own oxygen mask on first when you're on an airplane. And the flight attendant tells you, that if there's a loss of pressure in the cabin, that an oxygen mask will drop down in front of you and you should put your own mask on first before you start to assist others. Well, here's the thing. We know there's a difference between what we know versus what we do. And so I know that I should prioritize my self-care. I should get enough sleep and should get some exercise and I should, I should eat right and do things that try to manage my stress and try to keep my blood pressure at a reasonable number. We know that. But sometimes when we think about self-care, it just becomes too much. There's too many different factors. There's too many different things. We're stressed out and, and we can't just focus. And I learned one time that the reason that you, you don't see it much anymore, but back in the uh, old days, so to speak, when there were circuses that would tour the country and you'd have a lion tamer, he would have a whip and a stool, a four-legged stool. And I never really thought about why he had a stool. Well, I learned that the reason that he does is because the lion tries to focus on the legs of the stool and he can't focus on more than one thing at a time. And so everything that he sees is blurry and then he can't attack the lion tamer even if he wanted to. And so sometimes we get like the lion tamer in the stool when it comes to our self-care. But I want to help you with that. I want you to be specific and just have one simple plan. And it's the 1530 plan for self-care. And that is 15 minutes of self-care each weekday and 30 minutes of self-care on the weekends, each day on the weekend. So let me explain what I mean. First of all, the weekday. Let's start with lunch. And I know what you're saying. Oh, well, I don't have time to eat lunch. I'm too busy. Okay, well, you're also too busy to be sick. You're too busy to be in the hospital with ulcers. You're too busy to be on blood pressure medication. Um, I get it. We're all busy. And I was this way for years where it was like, if I ate lunch, great. Um, it was usually late in the day. Um, and, you know, a lot of times it wasn't anything healthy. But 15 minutes a day of self-care. And so I'm going to recommend that it's lunch and that you take 15 minutes. And even if you're eating it standing up, um, but even better if you have an office with a door that closes, just 15 minutes. And I know 
we live in a life of interruptions. We, as independent school leaders, we live a life of unpredictability and of things that just pop up and we're putting out fires all the time. But we have to have a goal. And that goal is 15 minutes of self-care each weekday. Now, it also could be a 15-minute walk around campus, um, a brisk walk around campus. During the COVID shutdown, when we were forced to be at home, I figured out that I could walk to one end of my neighborhood and back in exactly 10 minutes. And so if I had 10 minutes in between meetings on Zoom, I would hurry up and take that quick 10-minute walk. But it also could be that it's in the evening, or maybe you're a morning person and you are going to do 15 minutes of journaling or of exercise, or in the evening you're going to take a 15-minute walk or just 15 minutes to yourself or 15 minutes of device-free free time where you're spending it with a family member or your spouse or your partner. But 15 minutes on a weekday. And then let's move on to 30 minutes on the weekend. So 30 minutes on Saturday and 30 minutes on Sunday. So where I live, we get a little newspaper once a week on Thursdays in the mail. And it, um, it just talks about the local news in our community. And so on Saturday mornings, I like to, you know, don't really sleep in. You know how it is. The body wakes up at the normal time. But I like to get the the paper and a bagel because usually I eat something else on weekdays um, that has a lot more protein, um, like Greek yogurt and granola and, you know, things of that nature. But anyways, the paper, a bagel, sit in my kitchen, look out the window to the backyard and just have a moment. Um, and so that 30 minutes on Saturday or 30 minutes on Sunday, it's even better if it involves fresh air. I'm just sitting outside and, and looking at enjoying nature, um, going for a, a, a walk, um, either by yourself or with someone that you care about. And again, I'll mention it, 30 minutes of device-free free time with your spouse or partner or best friend, or if you have children, um, 30 minutes with one of your kids, it can be a real game changer. And here's the thing, though. You have to change your mindset about whether or not that's po- this is possible, because some of you that are listening to this podcast for the last couple of minutes when I'm talking about the 1530 plan, you're saying to yourself, yeah, okay, that sounds great. Listen, I've been a private school leader for over 30 years And there were lots of years where I had that mindset as well. And I devalued myself. I valued everyone else way higher than myself. And what it did was it put me in the hospital with ulcers. It caused problems um, in my family between myself and my wife, between myself and my daughters. And I just want you to shift your mindset. Your mindset has to realize that your most valuable asset is you. You can get another car. You can get another house. You can even get another job. But there's only one you. You have value. You deserve 15 minutes for lunch or 15 minutes of time for self-care on a weekday. And you deserve 30 minutes of time to fill yourself back up on Saturday and Sunday. And so that's the mindset. And then start small. Like I said, 15 minutes on a weekday, 30 minutes on Saturday and Sunday. Track it. Eventually, you can add five minutes to that if you do a great job of sticking to that. And you might be saying, well, I'm already 
doing that, I do more than 15 minutes of self-care on a weekday or 30 minutes on a Saturday or Sunday. You're saying, I, I'd never survive if I didn't do blank, you know, whatever it is, working out or what I'm um, journaling or reading, whatever it is. Well, good for you. I'm, that's fantastic. Um, keep it up and, and maybe add five minutes to that. So we're going to remember that our first resolution that every private school leader should make is I will follow the 1530 rule of self-care. All right. Number two, I will always know what to do next at work. I want to ask you an important question. Have you ever come back to your office at school, sat down at your desk, and then just stared at your computer? I'm pretty sure that the answer is yes. So let me ask you another question. When you're sitting there staring at your computer, do you ever just open up email and start going through emails? So again, I'm going to guess that some of the time or most of the time that the answer is yes. But I want you to hear this. Your email inbox is a chronological list of everyone else's priorities. And one of the main reasons that you get to the end of the day and you feel like you didn't get anything done is because you spent the day working really hard on everyone else's priorities. But this New Year's resolution is going to change all that and you're always going to know what to do next when you're at work. Now, episode seven of the Private School Leader podcast is called The Four Productivity Hacks for Busy Private School Leaders. And when you have time, I want you to go to episode seven and start listening at six minutes and 15 seconds and listen for about 10 minutes. And that's going to be productivity hack number one, leverage the power of an index card. And I promise you that if you use this productivity hack, not only will you feel better at the end of the day because you got some of your priorities accomplished instead of only working on everyone else's priorities, but you're also going to feel better because you're going to always know what to do next. So I want you to go and listen to that. Episode seven, start at six minutes, 15 seconds, but let me just give you the quick version. You have an index card at the top, you write the date. On that card, you write two to four tasks that you must accomplish that day, and we're gonna call this your must-do list. And each task on this list starts with a verb. So you don't write math slash Amanda, you write schedule observation for Amanda's geometry class. And you don't write recess slash Adam, you write call Adam's mom to discuss recess. On the next episode, episode 12 of the Private School Leader podcast, we're going to talk about decision fatigue. And it's a real thing. And getting started is often very difficult. And when you come back from somewhere, a meeting or dealing with a student issue, and you get back to your desk, it takes a long time to figure out, okay, what am I supposed to do? And we're fatigued by the number of decisions that we've made in the day. And getting started is difficult. But when the task starts with a verb, you just do the thing. You start to do the thing. You call someone, you write an email, you schedule something in your Google Calendar. And so this is um, an index card on the corner of your desk. And when you don't know what to do next, you work on the next thing on your must-do list. And please, please, please do not open your email. Like I said, your email is a chronological list of everyone else's priorities and you can schedule time to work on emails when that's when you'll work on your emails and so i literally want you to picture this in your mind you're sitting at your desk on the corner of your desk is an index card 
On the index card is the date with two to four tasks on your must-do list. On that list, each task starts with a verb. And then when you're sitting at your desk or when you come back to your office from doing something else, the first thing that you do is look at your index card and start working on the next item on your must-do list. So when you have 10 minutes and you can make the time to go back and listen to the um, listen to episode seven and at six minutes, 15 seconds, please do that. Listen to hack number one, leverage the power of an index card. And so our four New Year's resolutions that every private school leader should make. I will follow the 1530 rule of self-care. Number two, I will always know what to do next at work. And number three, I will practice intentional encouragement once a day. So I really believe that if private school leaders have good intentions to lead with empathy and to encourage people when they're discouraged, we all have good intentions to do that. But the chaos of a busy day and the tyranny of the urgent gets in the way of our good intentions. And I once heard this quote, empathy is the first casualty of a chaotic day. And it's super true. We are so busy putting out fires that we don't take the time to notice and put ourselves in their shoes and then encourage that person. And so in order to keep this New Year's resolution, I will practice intentional encouragement once a day. We're going to do three simple things. Number one, notice. Number two, write two to three sentences. And number three, stack the habit. All right. So let's talk about noticing. So number, the first thing is notice. Be intentional about noticing the people around you. So you are noticing what they're saying. You're noticing their body language. You're noticing if they seem happy or sad or engaged in a meeting or um, just withdrawn or um, really seem to be struggling with a student issue, whatever it might be. And so then you notice something and it's like, well, how do I remember the thing that I noticed? Well, use the notes app on your phone or have a little notebook that you carry around wherever you jot things down when you're out and about in the school. A lot of times I'll open up email and just put something on a subject line and send an email to myself with a phrase or a couple of words. And then when I'm at my desk and I'm doing my emails at my scheduled time, then I can do the thing and I just won't forget the thing. But when you notice something, make a quick note. So a teacher whose mom is having surgery, a teacher who has a sick child, um, maybe their partner has a job interview. It also doesn't have to be something, a situation where you're only noticing bad things or things that are upsetting to people. Maybe you want to encourage someone because of a good thing. They sent a fantastic parent email that you happen to be copied on. You noticed a beautiful interaction between a teacher and a student. You noticed a teacher working late to get ready for a big event or a hands-on lesson. So the first thing is to notice and to jot it down. All right, then the second thing is to write two to three sentences. And so it's like, okay, I noticed it. I want to be intentionally encouraging to this person, but what do I do? Well, when you're going to do it, let's say it's at your desk later, um, or maybe it's right then out in the hall that you pull out your phone and you do it. But whenever you do this, you're going to write three sentences. The first one is, I noticed, dot, dot, dot. I appreciate you, dot, dot, dot. And I'm here to help dot, dot, dot. And here to help is especially true, obviously, if it's something that is um, of a negative nature that is a um, problem that's got someone stressed out. But it could be as simple as two sentences, I noticed, and I appreciate you. So 
the things that you noticed, I mentioned a bunch of examples before, you're going to, in a text or in an email or in a post-it note that you leave on their desk or in person in the hallway and look them in the eye and you're going to say, I noticed dot, 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 and I appreciate you because. And if it's a negative thing that maybe they could use some help with, you say, I'm here to help. You know, and it might be that um, they're waiting on a call about their mom's um, surgery and you offer to cover their recess duty. And I know you can't do everyone's duty all the time, but hopefully you get the idea that every once in a while um, we can add a little action to that encouragement. But honestly, the encouragement is super, super uh, valuable. It's super, super appreciated um, because it's honestly super rare. And then the third thing I said, we're going to notice, we're going to write two sentences and then we're going to stack the habit. So habit stacking is a strategy from James Clear. Again, his excellent book, um, Atomic Habits. And habit stacking is when you add a new behavior to your daily routine by stacking it on an existing habit. So something that you already do every day, you're going to intentionally encourage somebody once a day. That's the resolution. How are you going to do that? You're going to pick something that you already do every single day. And so let me just tell you quickly how that works for me. So every single day at work, I bring a Weight Watchers or a Lean Cuisine microwavable lunch to school. And um, while it's warming up, it usually takes five or six minutes to heat up in the microwave. I pull out my phone. I look at the um, photo gallery on my phone from the previous 24 hours. And then I uh, will just um, open up an email and I might put recess slash Adam on the subject line and attach a photo of Adam having fun at recess. Um, and so it's surprise and delight. And it could be to a teacher. Most often it's to a parent. And that's something that I do every single day. Well, would I remember to do that every single day if I wasn't habit stacking? Of course not. I'm doing it because every single day I warm up that lunch. And while it's warming up, I do that thing. So you're going to pick something that you do every day. And that's when you're going to send that text or that email or write a post-it note or pop into their room and encourage them with those two to three sentences that you thought of. It could be when you're warming up your lunch. It could be immediately after morning announcements. It could be right after your mid-morning cup of coffee. Just pick something that you do every day and stack the habit of intentional encouragement on top of it. So the way that we're going to do that is we're gonna notice, we're gonna write two to three sentences, and we're gonna stack the habit. All right, we're almost there. Four New Year's resolutions for every private school leader. The fourth one is, I will have an intentional plan for my leadership growth. Now, as independent school leaders, we make all kinds of plans. We have strategic plans, the annual budget, you implement the accreditation plan, our teachers have lesson plans and growth plans and performance improvement plans. But here's a question for you. What is your intentional leadership growth plan? What are you going to do this year to grow yourself as a leader? Now, I'm not talking about the strategic plan. I'm not talking about improving retention. I'm not talking about um, improving the scores on the parent satisfaction survey. Those are all awesome things. I'm talking about you as a leader. What are you going to do? What is your intentional plan to grow as a leader? Now, some of you might have a growth plan. That's awesome. However, in my experience, most independent school leaders put themselves last on a lot of lists. They put their oxygen mask on last. They're the last to leave every event. 
You put everyone else first, you put yourself last. That's just what we do. And many of us are so busy running our schools that we don't take the time to work on our own growth as a leader. Now, way back in episode one, I talked about the law of the lid. And in his book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, John Maxwell talks about the law of the lid. And he says, leadership ability is the lid that determines a person's level of effectiveness. And he goes on to say that your school or your division will never grow beyond your leadership lid. So your division, your, your school, your team, they'll just keep bumping up against your leadership lid. And what that means is, is that if you're a 7 out of 10 on a scale of 1 to 10, you're a 7 as a leader. Well, your school or your division is going to keep bumping up against that leadership lid, and they will never rise above 70% of what they could be. Well, maybe you're a 6 out of 10 leader or 8 out of 10 leader. The good news is, is that you can lift your lid. You can grow yourself as a leader. Again, I know that we have good intentions, so we need to just start small. And one way you could do that is to listen to this podcast every week. It's about 30 minutes while you're doing something else. And then once a month, you could pick your favorite strategy of the four or five podcasts from that month and implement it at school. So something that you could do to grow yourself as a leader is listen every week, pick one strategy a month, implement it at school. You could also read a leadership book. Um, if you go to the privateschoolleader.com slash top 10, I have a list of um, what, in my opinion, are the top 10 leadership books for private school leaders and the top 10 productivity books. You could start smaller than that. Um, you could watch a TED Talk and then apply a strategy from the TED Talk. And again, at the privateschoolleader.com slash top 10, I have a list of what I think are the best 10 TED Talks for independent school leaders. Maybe you wanna go bigger, state conference, national conference, that's great. The drawback is, is it's usually once a year instead of every week, and then we kinda of lose our steam. But what are you going to do every week, 15 to 30 minutes, to grow as a leader? Write down your intentional plan to grow as a leader. Again, we all have good intentions, but unfortunately, we usually put this at the bottom of the list of our priorities because we're busy with the tyranny of the urgent. So your resolution is you're going to decide what you're going to do to lift your leadership lid this year and then do it for 30 minutes a week, write it down, and then get started. Okay, let's wrap this up with the big takeaways from today's episode. The four New Year's resolutions every private school leader should make. I will follow the 1530 rule of self-care. You're going to set aside 15 minutes every weekday, 30 minutes on Saturday and Sunday where you prioritize your self-care. 15 minutes or 30 minutes in a day where you do something to take care of yourself. The second resolution you could pick this one if you want to. I will always know what to do next at work. And again, you're sitting at your desk. On the corner of your desk is an index card. On it are three to four tasks that start with a verb. This is called your must-do list. When you sit down at your desk, you will not open email. You will start working on the next thing on your must-do list. And you will always know what to do next. And you can go back to episode seven and start listening at six minutes, 15 seconds to get that in much greater detail. Maybe you want to choose the third resolution. I will practice intentional encouragement once a day. You will notice which of your people need to be encouraged. Write two to three sentences in a text, email, or post it. And then you'll use the habit stacking strategy so that you will do it every day and you won't forget. 
And maybe you want to pick resolution number four. I will have an intentional plan for my leadership growth. Write down the one thing that you're going to do 30 minutes a week to grow yourself as a leader. And by now, you know that I like to give a call to action. And what I'd love for you to do is just pick one of these four New Year's resolutions, try it for three weeks, and then send me an email to let me know how it's going. So pick a resolution, try it for three weeks, and then email me at mark.o.minkus at gmail.com. That's M-A-R-K dot O dot M-I-N-K-U-S at gmail.com. So let's wrap it up. I, I hope you got value from this episode. The Private School Leader Podcast exists to help you thrive and not just survive as you serve the students and teachers at your school. And my goal is to take my 30 years of experience and tell you the things I wish I had known and help you learn from the mistakes that I made. And a reminder that I've created a free resource for you called The Six Things That Every Private School Teacher Wants From Their Leader. This guide is a six-page PDF that will be a game changer for you. And we're talking about how to grow as a leader. This guide is a great place to start. And you can pick up your free guide by going to theprivateschoolleader.com slash guide. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. You can get the show notes for today's episode at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 11. A new episode of the Private School Leader podcast comes out every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. Please connect with me on Instagram at the Private School Leader or Twitter at the PS Leader. If you got value from this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, share it with other leaders or aspiring leaders at your school. And if you leave a review or rate the podcast, that pushes it out to more leaders who can hear these messages. I've been your host, Mark Minkus. I just want to say that I appreciate you and the amazing work that you're doing at your school. Thank you so much for taking some precious time to join me here today. And I'll see you next time on the Private School Leader Podcast. And until then, always remember to serve first, lead second, and make a difference.